0: to the Alenia Church podcast, your place to catch all of Elenia Church's previous messages, messages designed to equip you on your journey with Christ. This episode continues our series, Sorry I Was Muted. God has given us tremendous power to live out this Christian life, but too often we find ourselves muted and powerless as we go out into the world. One of the ways that we can live out this power that God has put inside of us is to understand and live out our purpose. So listen in to discover that God created you on purpose, for a purpose. Enjoy. Well, today is going to be a great day. I'm really excited about this message. Um, it was something that was really, I was burdened about, and uh, my wife gave me the idea for it. So if it's bad, um, she's in the Illiniac kids this morning so welcome to Alenia, and i want to welcome to everyone who's uh listening at home or on their jog or on their way to work as they listen to our podcast throughout the week so we're uh, really excited that you get to uh, listen in today can we welcome everybody who's listening via podcast just give them a hand this morning uh, so we're in a series called sorry i was muted and the whole premise of this series is i do not want us as a church to be muted In other words, I want us to live out the full power that God has given us as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ. That God has given us these tools that allow us to live out this Christian life in a powerful way. Uh, The Bible says that the same power that rose Christ from the grave is alive and inside of us. And I feel like that many a times we miss that truth and we go out in the life uh, muted, And I don't want us to be muted. And so last week we talked about community, that we cannot live out the full power of this Christian life without community. Well, today I want to talk about another thing that we have to understand when it comes to living out the power of Christ in our life. And that is this idea of purpose. So uh, to illustrate this for a second, uh, I'm going to borrow... uh, Ryan's really a uh, shwanky guitar here. Do you all know that I used to be a former worship leader? Yeah, two of you did. <laughs> so, um, who, who made this guitar? Gibson. Gibson made this guitar. So, uh, Mr. Gibson made this guitar. And um, if you went to a luthier, which is a fancy word for someone who makes uh, stringed instruments... Um, there's a lot of bracing that goes into this guitar. So if you looked inside, uh, there's all these wood bracings, there's some electronics because this is an acoustic guitar with some electronics to it. And there's tuners up here, and this is what's called the nut right here. Y'all didn't know you are getting a guitar education today. And uh, down here we have the saddle, and we have all these frets. Now, the thing about a guitar is you can't just pick up a guitar and start playing any way that you want to. Does that sound good? you like that? So the idea behind a guitar and the idea behind anything that you pick up is you have to go to the designer to understand how to operate it. So that right there needs to be... It's it's always the... Close enough. So that's how you tune a guitar. Now the only reason I know how to tune a guitar is because I used to play guitar. But if I didn't know how to play guitar, what I would do is I would go to someone who understood how to play a guitar because they would know how to tune the guitar, especially the person who built the guitar because they understand how it works. Have you ever seen those videos of people that go to the gym and they're using the equipment not like it was intended? Yeah, it's kind of the same principle that if you want to understand how to use something, you've got to go to the creator of the, of the equipment to understand how to use it. It's the same thing with us. If we want to understand how we're built and how we're supposed to operate, We've got to go to the creator. So if you look at in Jeremiah 1, uh, 5, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is God talking to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So what God is telling Jeremiah here is, hey, I'm the one who put purpose inside of you. I'm the one who called you, I'm the one who called you, and I'm the one who made you. And before I even made you, I knew who you were. Get that for a moment. That before you were created and stitched in your mother's womb, God had you in mind. Before you were birthed into this world, God knew who you were. He knew what you would do in this life. And look at this in Psalms For It was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous. And I know this very well. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. In other words, God prepared ahead of time works for us to do, and then he fit you as the tool to take care of what needed to be taken care of that for a moment that God created you on purpose and God created you for a purpose now here's the thing I want you to understand very clearly your purpose is not just X your purpose is not one thing your purpose is not like I I can take you to the Bible and say this is the only thing that you have to worry about because that's very very small thinking in fact to illustrate this, uh, my wife has millennia kids. She's very, very nervous about this illustration because it's her diamond ring. So this diamond ring belonged to my great grandmother, and if you were to look at this diamond ring, it's one piece, it's one stone, right? But it has many, many facets to it. What is the point of the facets? The point of the facets are so that when someone looks at the diamond, it's brilliant. It radiates. It shines the light. In other words, when I hold the light up right here, it's taking the light from this light over here. It's taking the light from over here. It's taking the light from up here. It's all refracting it, and it's all centered to a center point, and that's called the brilliance of a diamond. Now, uh, my wife, this is... This is her right hand ring. She has a left hand ring. The left hand ring is a princess cut. Same same concept that you have a princess cut and it has all the facets in the diamond. However, I used to sell jewelry too. There's not much I haven't done in my life. (laughs) But if someone walked in and said, hey, I want to buy an engagement ring, what's the prettiest diamond there is? The, The diamond that reflects the most light is a round cut. It's perfectly shaped and perfectly cut to reflect all the light into a center top point. My hope for you is that you understand that your purpose is a lot like this diamond. That you have many purposes and when you operate in all of these purposes when you understand that I need to be looking at my life this way and I need to be looking at my life this way and I need to be looking at my life this way, that all of that reflects the light around you and shines for the glory of God. That's what our purpose is. I want you to understand that you are to shine like diamonds. Don't be so narrow-minded that I've got to figure out what my one purpose is. Well, I hope you figure that out, but I also hope you figure out all the hundreds of other purposes that you have in your life. Now, to illustrate this, let's see if I can do this. We're going to take a little journey today. And we're going to look at uh, we're going to look at a couple of people. And we're going to we're going to tell a story today. don't laugh at my handiwork this is Bob everybody say hi Bob hi, Bob, Bob Brew Baker great guy and this is uh, this is Mary Lou everybody say hi Mary Lou this is Bob Rubaker and Mary Lou McGillicuddy. So we're going to hear a story about Bob Rubaker and Mary Lou McGillicuddy. Because they're, they're a great, I think they're a great case study in how we can understand what our purpose is in life. You ready to go on this journey? Hey, yeah, you're really nervous, I can tell. So Bob and Mary Lou, uh, they go to the same elementary school. Um, Bob thinks Mary Lou's cute. Um, so he purposely is mean to her, because that's what boys do, so she'll pay him some attention. But um, they, he gets past this immaturity, and Bob and Mary Lou become fast friends, um, much to the chagrin of Mary Lou's parents, But because Bob's not a great kid. I mean, he, he's always getting in trouble in school. He's always in the principal's office. He disobeys a lot. He could care less about school. Mary Lou, on the other hand, she loves school she uh she she loves math she loves science uh, she gets good grades mary lou's got the typical firstborn tendencies um she loves helping out around the house she loves helping mom with the with her younger sister um, mary lou is just one of those girls when she she walks in rooms she, she lights the whole room up she just she has so much joy she's like a, almost like a little adult uh, in how she operates so all right Segment one of our story. What can we understand about? Mary Lou and Bob's purpose now these verses aren't going to be on this screen, but they will be behind me Well point number one is this Your purpose can be preparing for your purpose Your purpose can be simply Preparation for a later purpose. What is their purpose in that moment? They're going to school They're learning how to be adults they're learning how to, how to live life. I always used to joke that kindergarten is simply learning how to stand in line. Kindergarten is learning how to go to school. I mean, you look at a kindergartner day one of uh, kindergarten, and then the last day of kindergarten, it's like a whole new person because they, they know how to stand in line. Now they know how to raise their hand to go to the bathroom. Now they know how to ask questions, right? Um, 1 Samuel 16, 11 says this, so he asked Jesse... Are these all the sons you have? There is still a youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Well, Samuel said, send him, because we're not going to sit down until he arrives. So what is happening in this moment is Samuel is going, he's trying to anoint a new king for Israel. He goes into Jesse's house. He looks at all the brothers, handsome, handsomer, handsomest, and God says, not that one, not that one, not that one. I want the one that's not here yet. I want the one that's in the shepherd's field tending the sheep. Now, was David's purpose to be a shepherd in that moment? Yes. Was David's purpose to be a future king? Yes. How can that be? Because in that moment, David's primary purpose was preparing himself for his future purpose. So sometimes in your moment in life, what God is doing in you is he is preparing you for something future that you cannot see yet. That is one thing that we can understand. It can be going to school. It can be going through uh, uh, growing pains. It can be going through relationships. It can be a whole bunch of different things. It could be preparing yourself uh, by getting better at your craft or by honing a skill. Number two, your purpose can be simple. Your purpose can be very, very simple because Mary Lou is fulfilling a purpose in her parents' life. Psalms 4, 6-7 through 7 says, There are many who say who will show us some good. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. And you read that verse and you're like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about Mary Lou's parents. They sit at the dinner table and Mary Lou walks into the into the room and she lights the room up and she brings her parents joy and is there anything that mary lou did to do that no she just was herself and there are many times that you are fulfilling your purpose and you don't even realize it there are times that you are fulfilling your purpose by how you act by how you behave by how you carry yourself, by how loving you are, by how forgiving you are, by how selfless you are. And you don't even realize that you're fulfilling your purpose, and I don't want you to miss that. Because God created you, only you, a unique you. There's no other you here on the planet. And don't take that for granted. God loves you. He created you special. He created you for a purpose, and even though you can't see what you're doing has purpose, I promise you it can be simple. That's why we're so passionate about Elenia Kids. That's why I believe that we have some of the best volunteers in Elenia Kids is because we realize that those children have purpose. That when they come in, our children workers, they've been trained to, to take your child and to pray over your child every Sunday that they're here. That we pray over them. That we teach them the precepts of the Bible. That we, You know, right now, they're learning fruits of the Spirit. In fact, uh, we got a, a funny text from, from Sean. Uh, he was on vacation, and uh, Judah learned the fruits of the Spirit. Self-control. And the only reason they knew that Judah had learned the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, is because he told his dad, Dad, have some self-control. You don't need to eat another cinnamon roll. But we... T- We teach We teach your children Those fruits of the spirit About love, joy, peace, patience, kindness Goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control Why? Because they are not The church of the tomorrow They're church of today They have purpose in their being today All right. Continuing on with Bob and Mary Lou Which I know you're Cannot wait to see how this turns out Bob and Mary Lou grow up Bob has a jet black hair olive complexion he's got big bushy eyebrows steely blue eyes kind of looks like a uh, gene levy maybe they become high school sweethearts bob tries out for the football team doesn't make it next year he tries out for the football team he doesn't make it he gets frustrated he gets angry year after year he tries out and never makes the cut and instead he pours his time starts up a lawn business as a as a junior in high school, mowing yards. He's matured, thank God. Um, probably gave a lot of gray hairs to his parents, but he's matured over the years. He takes pride in what he does. He works hard during the summers. He's even taking care of a yard of a lady, Mabel, down the street. She's uh, she's gotten so up in her years that she can't take of her take care of her house, so she trades. Bob, a plate of cookies so he will mow her lawn once a week. Mary Lou pours herself into her studies. She enjoys being in student government. She loves working to solve problems. Not her favorite thing, but she actually got a job at Baskin Robbins uh, so she can earn some cash to, to help buy a car with her parents. Both of them are very active in their church's student group. They aren't perfect, they make mistakes. But they try to live out their faith in front of their friends, and they regularly invite them to church. They regularly invite them to join them for for youth night each Wednesday. So what can we learn from this portion of Mary, Lou, and Bob's life? Well, three, we can learn that your purpose can be found in your work. That work is a form of worship. We learned that last month when we looked at Genesis, where God asked Adam and Eve to come and help him take care of the earth and to till the ground. And look at what it says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. That your work is actually a form of worship, that people watch how you interact with your job, that people watch how you do your role, how you do what you think is so mundane that you can bring worship into that moment. And that's what Bob is doing because he takes pride in his work that he wants to do a good job that just because he thinks it's mundane doesn't mean that he feels like that he can slack off on it. Number four, you can find that your purpose can be found in your public faith. I love what this says in 1 Peter 3. Says instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then, if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. You can find purpose in how you display your faith publicly. That Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel. We try to make this as easy as we can for you. We try to make a, a great environment for you to bring your friends. In fact, we, uh, each week we give you these uh, invite cards that you can take with you. And, and you can take them and you can, you can have them in your back pocket. And you can pull them out and you can say, Hey, I, I really think that you, I really think you would like this. I really think that I'll buy you a steak dinner if you just come with me to church next week. Right? That we give you invite cards, we give you tools, because we want us to be a church where we are not ashamed of the gospel. And it's not just inviting people to church. I really want you to invite people to church. I would love for everybody to bring somebody back with you. But I want you to get comfortable in actually saying, you know what, I used to be this way, I met Jesus, and now I'm this way. That you are comfortable sharing the gospel. You're comfortable sharing your testimony. You're comfortable of saying, uh, this was me before Christ. This is what it was like for me to meet Christ. This is what my life is like after Christ. That your public faith is a purpose. It's a facet of the diamond of you that you have to carry out in this life. Billy Graham says this, our faith becomes stronger as we express it. A growing faith is a sharing faith now about bob and mary lou they go their separate ways those long distance relationships couldn't take it they break up mary lou goes to college she decides she's going to become a nurse she begins working at the local hospital she decides to organize a weekly bible study with other believers on her shift as a way to build community and to share her faith And Bob, he's decided to pursue a trade. He didn't go to college. He got an apprenticeship as a welder. Uh, He's grown quite a reputation of being dependable, trustworthy, excellent in his work. All All of those disciplines he learned mowing yards, he is now taking it into his welding business. He doesn't enjoy the work very much, but his Christian work ethic makes a huge impact on his work on his co-workers. They see something in Bob and they're curious about it. Number five, your purpose can be your station. What do I mean by that? I mean don't always look to figure out what your purpose is as if it is something out there that you don't have a hold of yet. All of us have a purpose in the moment that we are in now. All of us have purpose in the station that we have now. We should not look at life as, oh, if, when, if, then, when this happens, when that happens, when I'm able to do this, when I'm able to do that. No, God has called us to fulfill our purposes now. God has called us to fulfill what he's created us to do now. Romans 12:1 says this, so here's what I want you to do, uh, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. You have purpose in your station now. Well, I'm glad to relieve the tension in the room. After five years of not seeing each other, Bob and Mary Lou run into each other at a local farmer's market. Six months later, they walk the aisle and they got married. Everybody relieved? I'm sure you are. A few years later, they they have a few kids. So let's uh, let's draw some uh, little melons up here for the kids. All right. They have four. Every time Mary Lou is out with her kids... Someone says, are those all yours? And she says, why in the world would I walk around with someone else's kids? <laughs> they juggle soccer games, t-ball games, ballet, guitar lessons, work schedules. And after a few years of stress, it really started to take their toll on them. And Mary Lou's had enough. She throws out the D word. He said, I think I want a divorce. And they're both devastated at where they are. They pray a lot. Fortunately, they've surrounded themselves with godly friends in their connect group. And those friends encourage them to lay down arms and to, to pursue selflessness. They seek counseling. And Bob decides it's time to change careers. So at 32, he enrolls at a local community college to get a degree in computer science. They double down on their commitment to church because in reality, it was their connect group that got them through their separation. They restore their marriage. Mary Lou has a passion for special needs children. She begins a ministry at her church. Bob takes his computer science knowledge and helps the church with the networking needs on During the week, and then on Sundays, he helps them run sound, and they go home each week. Thankful that they get to see so many lives changed, and they're grateful to have such a community of family. Number six. Your purpose changes with your season. 2 Samuel 5 says, All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Here we are, your own flesh and blood, even while Saul was king over us. You were the one who led us out to battle and brought us back. The Lord also said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will be ruler over Israel. So we're talking about King David so King David used to be a shepherd. That's what he was called to do. And then later in life, he was called to play the harp for King Saul, and that's what he was called to do. And now he, and then he was called to slay the giant. That was his purpose in that moment. And now King David is becoming king, what we know him as. And his purpose continually changed as his seasons changed. This is something that was very uh, difficult for me personally because I originally was a worship leader and I loved leading worship. Um, it, I was in music my entire life. Um, I, went to, I went to school for music. I got out, I led worship from 2005 to 2011. And um, I don't say this in a braggadocious way But I really believed that God had anointed me to lead worship. But as the church grew, I began to take up other things in the church that I worked at at the time. And laying down worship was really, really hard. In fact, I think it was harder for the people who were around me more so than it was for me. Because I had started to lose my passion for it. But still, I wrestled with that. Aren't I anointed to lead worship? And I remember someone says, Jeremy, you're not anointed to lead worship, you're anointed. And that clicked for me that it has nothing to do with who, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing, it has to do with who's called me that your purpose is found more so not in your hands not in your feet not in what you're doing day to day your purpose is found in the god who's called you and when you understand that it allows you to understand also that your seasons change and when your seasons change your calling can change as well and i went from leading worship to being an administrative pastor to being an executive pastor and then god called me to start this church a new season, a new calling, a new purpose. And so I want you to understand that your purpose, your calling can change. But also number seven, your purpose takes work and prioritization. Bob's going back to school. He's, he's putting work into it. He feels like that's what God's called him to do. He, he's learning. He's, he's growing. He's developing in himself. First Timothy 4.14 says, Don't neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. First Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. They realize that if they are going to be better in life, they've got to develop themselves. They've got to pursue things that develop themselves. They've got to do things that help grow themselves. But number eight, also you have purpose in serving others. Proverbs 3.27 says this, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Then Mark 25 says this, then the righteous will answer him. I'm talking about a story about a king coming after, after death. The king saying, thank you for what you did for me. And they said, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? We, we never did that. When did we see you hungry? a stranger and take you in or without clothes and close you when did we when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you and the king will answer them truly i tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me we see that in the story of bob and mary lou they 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 have taken up the mantle of serving and pouring into others and and they find so much fulfillment in that and that's something that we want for you here we want for you, we've created this system, we've created this church with, with groups, connect groups. We signed up last week for that, and you still have an opportunity to do that today because we believe that Christian community is that important. We also have opportunities for you to flesh out your spiritual gifts because Paul says that your spiritual gifts is for the building up of the church. And if you want to operate in power, it's it'd be like... To me, not serving is like having a V8 engine where only like five of the pistons are firing. Where you're just kind of going down the road, just, just jostling and shaking because the engine's not working. You were built to serve other people. You were built to do life in community. You were built to live out your faith publicly. These are all things that God has called us to do. And when we don't do them, it makes us go down the road with less power than God has equipped us with. So now, Bob and Mary Lou, they're nearing their late 30s, and one of their children starts seeing bruises where bruises aren't supposed to be, and they take the child to to the doctor and find out the child's got a rare disease. Their community of friends and family watch as his family goes through hell for two years. Bone marrow transplants chemo feeding tubes zero downtime and when you talk to everybody around them each person marvels at their level of grace their level of faith their level of perseverance and a regular statement about them is i don't think i could do what they're doing it was a scary season they lost hope many times they even lost faith many times but in the end their youngest came through and has no sign of the disease anymore. And we can see a couple of things in their purpose in this season. Number nine, your purpose can be your example. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says he comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Number 10, also, your purpose can be allowing God to shape you. James says, consider it great joy. It's a hard verse. But consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect. Just just let 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 it do its thing so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing. So Bob and Mary Lou in that whole season, they didn't realize that, but God had a purpose in that he was molding them and shaping them and taking them through the fire and comforting them so that they can in turn comfort others. And now Bob and Mary Lou are getting gray. 30 years has passed. The kids are out of the house. Mary Lou is retired. Bob shows no signs of slowing down as only Bob would do. They love the fact that a young family has moved in next door. They don't do anything special except show kindness and hospitality. They don't run and hide when the neighbors come out. They don't zip into the garage and close the automatic garage door because they miss the fellowship. They miss the noisiness of family. They love that the kids run around their yard. And they're able to be there when their neighbors, after a couple of years, share that life's been hard and they're looking at the big D word. Only to be shocked to find out that Bob and Mary Lou went through the same season. So they sit, the, sit down with them and they share their story and they cry together. They help them find counseling. Bob and Mary Lou watch their kids while they focus on their marriage. Number 11. If you're alive, you have purpose. Acts 13.36 says, For David, after serving God's purpose in his own generation, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers in Decade. My, uh, I was talking to my, uh, my Papaw, Papaw Pickwell. If you're from East, if you're from East Tennessee, you pay, say Papaw Mammal. So Papaw Pickwell uh, he's my dad's dad and he is 86 and um during covid he got laid off he was a uh, mechanical engineer at uh, this is not a fictional story by the way um he is a mechanical engineer at a, a nuclear power plant in aiken south carolina which i always joke that if there was a nuclear meltdown in aiken it, i was hoping my grandpa wouldn't be behind it all but he loves to work in fact i uh, talked to him last week. I said, Papaw, how can I be praying for you? And he says, "Uh, pray that I get a job. I'm like, you're 86, Papaw. I'll take it, take a break. And this is what he told me. He said, he said, I have always felt like that God has gifted me with the gift of giving. And he said, it hurts my heart when I take my social security check and give that to the church because I want to give more. And so he wants a job so that he can give more to the church because he realizes at 86 that if he's not dead, God's not done with him. So if you know how to check your pulse and you feel a pulse, I want you to know that you have purpose, that God is not done with you. That he wants to use you. Sometimes it might be extravagant. Sometimes it might be mundane. But God is in the business of using broken and hurting humanity. I had a hard time writing this next part. So hopefully I can read it. about five years later Bob passed away at the funeral hundreds attend to show their appreciation many of the young men were there from Bob's investment in them as a student leader Bob's old welding buddies are there, many of whom know Christ because of his boldness. Of course, the neighbors across the street are there with all their kids. And when you know it, at the pulpit is a pastor also touched by Bob's life. Kind of has an interesting look about him. Jet black hair, big bushy eyebrows. And his steely blue eyes, much like his father. He talks about the greatness of his dad, a welder turned computer engineer. How his dad wasn't perfect, but was always teachable. How his dad was the epitome of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. How his dad never thought he was anything special and always worried he wasn't living out the purposes of God in his life. How the authenticity of his dad led him to Christ and allowed him to hear the call of God on his life and become a pastor. And that even though his dad didn't know if he was living out his purpose, the testimony of hundreds at that funeral and thousands, not even attending, impacted by Bob, would say otherwise. So here's what I want you to understand, number 12, your purpose is in the pursuit. Romans eight twenty-eight says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the fun parts, the not so fun parts, All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And number 13, your purpose has eternal impact. And I think this is what we want to hear uh, when we cross from this world to the next. We want to hear this verse said of us. His master said to him, well done, you're good. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. You have purpose. That's what I want you to understand today is you have purpose. But I want you to also understand that you have purpose and you will only understand and fulfill that purpose through the person of Jesus Christ. Because... It is through the person of Jesus Christ, the regeneration of the Spirit, the the making of a new life, the old things have passed away and new have come, that this very fictional story has truth in it, in that most of us don't even know if we're living out our purpose day in and day out. And if we could peel back the layers of eternity... To see the eternal impact that you have just in the general mundane things that you do day in and day out of showing kindness to your neighbor, of being perseverant in your marriage, of taking pride in your work, of being a, being a, a good brother, a good sister, being a good father, a good husband, a good mother, a good wife, that all of those things add up to something very, very, very beautiful that has purpose in and of itself. And that alone changes and impacts thousands, and we don't even realize it. So I wanna ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I wanna just give people an opportunity, we do this every week, to respond to the gospel. And if you have never accepted Christ as your savior and would like to do that today, you can do that by just praying this prayer after me. And everybody pray it out loud for the sake of those praying it for the first time. Dear God, I love you. I am a sinner. In need of a Savior, make me new as I pursue you. In your name we pray. Amen. As we wrap up today's episode, we have just two questions to ask. What is God saying to you, and what are you going to do about it? If you prayed to receive Christ today, would you take a moment and let us know by filling out the form at alineachurch.org forward slash connect. We'd love to come alongside of you and begin praying for you. Thank you to everyone who supports Alenia Church financially. We couldn't do this without you. If you would like to take a step and begin giving to this ministry, you can do so at aleniachurchorg forward slash give. Every dollar goes to helping us spread the message of Jesus to the world around us. Last but not least, take a few moments to like, subscribe, rate, and leave comments wherever you get your regular diet of podcasts. It helps us out a lot. And it really means a lot to us that you choose to give us a few minutes of your week. If you live in the Murfreesboro area, we sure would love to see you in person. So come visit us. And remember, God loves you, He sees you, and He wants the best for you. God bless.